All right, so welcome to another episode where we look at some music from Ministry or 1000 Homo DJs, or more specifically from Al Jorgensen, who is really one of the main figures in the industrial genre. So today we're going to look at the 15 best ministry tracks, in my opinion. So when I say in my opinion, that doesn't mean they're necessarily the greatest hits. You know, that doesn't mean you're going to like every single track that I choose here. Yada, yada, yada. You know, these are basically the ones that I would pick as L. Jorgensen's best. It's not Ministry's best tracks. It's, you know, the best tracks that are associated with Al Jorgensen. So, you know, there's a few basic details that I'm going to go over here. First, a, a little bit of a bio of Al Jorgensen. Sure, why not? Al Jorgensen was born in Havana, Cuba. After being recruited as a musician by the Cuban Revolution's cultural ministry, he moved to the United States in 1970 to study at the City College of New York. Whoops, just kidding, that's not true. He was born in Havana, Cuba, but his family left Cuba and headed to Florida shortly after Fidel Castro's rise to power, and Al Jorgensen established roots in the United States and states like Colorado and Chicago, and at a certain point, obviously, he became successful with music. And at first it was with synth-pop music. The album with Sympathy really cemented them in the uh, burgeoning new wave genre. And that was really the beginning of Ministry, but it really changed after their synth-pop era. His subsequent releases in the 1980s and beyond were definitely beyond the uh, synth-pop stuff. You know, industrial, industrial metal, speed metal, sometimes doom metal were associated with him, and a lot of the more pop-oriented sounds were sort of in the distance by a certain point. And most prominently ministries in the land of rape and honey which came out in 1988, and The Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste, which came out in 1989, showcased his stylistic transition. That's what Wikipedia says about him. And in the early 1990s, he achieved mainstream success with Ministry's fifth studio, studio album, Psalm 69, The Way to Succeed and The Way to Suck Eggs. That came out in 1992. So again, that's how Wikipedia worded that. Musically, he's a singer. You know, he does the vocals, but he also plays guitar, keyboard, synthesizer, bass, drums, and really a, a bunch of other instruments, a plethora of other instruments, you might say, if you want to sound fancy about it. Since abandoning its synth and pop and new wave kind of roots, Ministry created music that's been characterized by its harsh electronic and industrial sound, often featuring chopped up samples and distorted vocals, which has, which has been described as industrial, heavy metal, al alternative rock, 
sludge metal, doom metal, and so on. The band has gone through many personnel changes, and Jurgensen has remained the sole consistent member, you know, throughout the entire series run, you could say. Ministry did achieve commercial success in the industrial genre, and that commercial success has really been felt. You know, um, a lot of people have heard of Ministry, even if they've never heard the band. They're not, they're not like this small time band or, or whatever. And this list will include many of his side projects as projects as well, including 1000 Homo DJs, Palehead, and Lard. So I'm going to get right to it. I think maybe I've already turned people away just by my yammering here about, you know, the bio of Al Jorgensen. But here are the chosen tracks. These are really not in, or, in order of um, my... Est estimation of their greatness, but I created a playlist, and these were the uh, way that I ordered the tracks in that playlist. And there's really only one track that I wasn't quite sure if it should have been put where I put it. And it, it's one of those tracks where it's like, does this really belong, you know, not only in this order, but I was wondering, should I put this as really one of the top 15 tracks. And sure enough, it is a great track. But, you know, it had competition. And on that note, a, a lot of these tracks, you know, I had to make some tough decisions. I looked, I looked at entire albums, and plenty of good albums just did not make the cut, really. And uh, good tracks didn't make the cut. You know, I, I overlook some entire albums. And, for example, I don't have a single synth-pop track on here, which, you know, it, you have to say it is what it is. But anyway, here here is the list as I created it. I started off with Ministries Stigmata, the video version. And that is, you know, from around 1988. It was tough to not include other tracks from the Land of Rape and Honey album, but that's just how strict this list needs to be in order to condense it down to 15 tracks. But Stigmata, it's really a... It's just a badass song. And one of the interesting things about this track is that from my understanding uh, on the recording... That's not a guitar, that's a synthesizer, and it definitely sounds heavy. It does sound like a guitar, pretty much, but it, it was manipulated by Al Jorgensen and, into sounding like sort of a heavy metal thing. And that track was really my introduction to Ministry, as far as I can recall. I don't remember why I bought that album, but I, but I did. It might have been the cover or something like that. I, I might have heard of them at some point. I was like, you know what? I've heard good things about this band, so I'm going to buy this album. And this was something that I first heard in high school. You know, I first heard Stigmata uh, back then. And it was it was a hard track. You know, it was, it was heavy. And it, it was pretty much what I needed to hear, I think. 
at the time because it was either bands like Ministry or The Offspring Smash or Nirvana that I was into when I first started listening to music. Because for me, I wasn't going to start listening to, you know, Bon Jovi kind of stuff. And, I've you know, I've come to appreciate, you know, softer rock, as you might call it, over the years more than I did when I was younger. You know, I'm not really that much of a, a musical uh, snob or whatever. But at the time, I needed to hear something that was hard-edged and really packed a punch and this song did it had plenty of attitude you know it, it was it's it was just a dark track too that's the other thing about it you know very angry sounding dark it sounds kind of crazy there's even almost a timeless quality to stigmata that it, i would have a tough time really explaining that but it almost sounds like it maybe sprang out of the earth somewhere in a finished state you know, I would say the similar things about Black Sabbath, too. Like, some of their songs sound like they just naturally came into existence somehow. It's an oddly timeless classic. I would recommend Stigmata as one of the best industrial songs of all time. In fact, one of the best metal songs of all time, even though it's not really a metal song exactly. It's, it's just that good, and I, I will stick by that song. So next on the list, we've got Thieves, a very sample-heavy track. And my version that I choose for this is not a live version. I actually, for some reason, I prefer the studio track from the, uh, what is that album called? <laughs> not not the dark side of the spoon oh geez the mind is a terrible thing to taste there we go boy my mind was drawing a blank here but yes thieves is the opening track to that album released in 1989 and holy crap does it does that ever pack a punch it's just a good track lots of samples in it you gotta love the uh the sound of power tools happening there in the background and the warlike vocals and verses and it just has that classic me against the world kind of vibe that a lot of ministry songs have and thieves is definitely one of the top-notch songs from that album again oddly enough i i couldn't pick that many tracks from that album the mind is a terrible thing to taste um there is one other track that i did go with um, and, and you'll see that on this list. So for my third pick for track three, I'm going with 1000 Homo DJs and their cover of Black Sabbath Supernaut. I've actually done basically an entire episode on this track before, and I'm not going to do that again. You know, it's just a good track. It's really nice and bouncy. And, uh, they to the extent possible, took that Black Sabbath track and sort of made it their own, which is really tough to do. You know, they almost might outdo Black Sabbath. And the thing about Supernaut is it's 
it's really a great Black Sabbath song. So for a band to come along and basically almost arguably outdo the original, that's that's tough, man. That's tough. And uh, that's my opinion of it. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you would hate that track. I don't know. Some people just do not like industrial metal or, or whatever you want to call it. Some people might like industrial, but maybe they don't like Ministry or Al Jorgensen or whatever. But I'm picking this track. It's top notch. Um, my voice is cracking. Not because I'm getting so emotional about it, but, um, you know, <laughs> it's a weather-related thing, possibly. So moving on, the other track I'm picking, technically from the live album in case you feel like or in case you didn't feel like showing up but it's the track so what which was also on the mind is a terrible thing to taste so this version is special because for some reason it sounds better with the live feel on it but it's an epic track it's it's a longer track of course but it just has such a cool bass line Really neat samples going on. It's really an example of industrial metal at its best. It really has some of the finest ingredients that you could ask for in some extended industrial metal music. So, you know, the, the lyrics are another factor. It's just a dark, me-against-the-world kind of song. It's, it's a crazy-sounding song very confrontational it sounds like it's written by a murderer um it's it's definitely an edgy song but it, it's not really something that would be for everyone which is why it's perfect for me um the next track that i'm choosing is i will refuse this would be track number let's see Five in this mix. That's right, five. And I Will Refuse is performed by Palehead. And what's interesting about this track, of course, is that Al Jorgensen is collaborating with Ian McKay, or Mackay, I've heard it pronounced both ways. But he is from Minor Threat and Fugazi, and he's kind of famous for being straight edge, whereas Al Jorgensen is known as being a druggy type. But really, this this whole album is freaking awesome. It was tough to go with a single track from it. I wanted to just put the whole thing on here, but uh, that would have been a bit of a rough way to approach things. So I went with what might be the best track from Palehead. I Will Refuse. It's just, it's just a rocking track, cool bass line, really neat uh, guitar work, even though... Of course, it's relatively subtle guitar work, but it is riff-based. It has that punk energy, and I would say that even if you were going to only listen to one track from this list, I Will Refuse would be a fair one to choose. It really would be. It's, it's a good track. So up next, I've got Fork Boy in my number six spot, and that is by Lard released in 1990. And uh, what, can, what can I say about that track? It's just a very uh, punk track. 
very political. It has Jello Biafra, of course, singing the vocals. And that's one of the good things about Al Jorgensen is that he knew when to step away and let other people sing in his music projects either. He wasn't just so ego-driven that he was like, oh, I have to be on the vocals at all times, you know. It, it was really part of his musical legacy that he uh, was capable of encouraging other people to uh, go ahead and step up to the microphone. He didn't hog all of the credit for these bands either. You know, he was he was always fair about it. I don't think he stole all of the glory. And Fork Boy, you know, it's just a great song. And Jello Biafra's voice in this track, it's really it's it's just it's just killer. It's just awesome. And I know that Jello Biafra's voice is sort of a mixed bag for some people. Some people wouldn't like it. But I think this this track is really kind of Jello singing at his best. And as you might be able to tell, I'm a little bit Jello-centric. So some of the tracks on this list do contain him. Um, so even though this is like obviously supposed to be about Al Jorgensen, I got to warn you, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit Jello-centric. So the next choice is Something Wonderful by Revolting Cox. I don't really know what to say about this track. It's just got a cool bass line. Came out in 1990. It's uh, really catchy, has neat samples. It's a heavy track. It proves that you can sound kind of funky, actually, but also be really a heavy band at the same time. And that's really a good combo. And Al Jorgensen sort of pioneered that style as well, um, pairing industrial with some kind of funky elements in a way. In this case, it's really caused by the bass line, which is somehow like a funky bass line. It's, it's really hard to explain. It's got bounce to it, I guess, is what I'm saying. But my next track I would choose is Bozo Skeleton, again by Lard. That's a really autobiographical song. In many ways, you can tell that Jello was writing about himself in, in that one, talking about sort of his philosophy, his approach to uh, songwriting and lyrics. And it's just a good track, has really good riffs, presumably by Al Jorgensen. And it's both heavy and enlightening. Great track from 1990. And coming up next, I'm going to go with Crackin' Up, another Revco track. Revolting Cox. That album came out in 1993. Linger Fickin' Good. <laughs> and Cracking Up. Great sample use. You know, great bass line. Uh, funk guitar riffs. Great guitar solos. Just like in Supernaut, by the way. Some great guitar solo stuff. And uh, the song... It's easy to say that the song is kind of a a funky and almost feel-good song, but it's actually about some serious topics. You can definitely tell there's mention of the drug war and the, you know, uh, the rock war and stuff like that happening in it. So for my next track, what do you know? It's another Jello track. It's Lard, I Want to Be a Drug Sniffing Dog. From 1997, their album Pure Chewing Satisfaction. And this song just has great biting and sarcastic lyrics. Um, it's very punk sounding. You know, 
kick-ass drums, great guitar riffs. It, it was tough to choose a track from this album too, but I decided to go with I Want to Be a Drug Sniffing Dog, partly because it has such a great title too. You know, that's one thing about Jello. He comes up with these great titles to songs. And uh, coming up next, this is the track that I was a little bit mixed on. I didn't know if I should include it here because it's a little bit different. And I really didn't know in what order I should, in what place I should put it. But we've got Scarecrow. And that was from 1992's album, Psalm 69, The Way to Succeed and The Way to Suck Eggs. And I chose this song instead of Jesus Built My Hot Rod or Just One Fix. Possibly a controversial decision on my part, but I just think this song has a little bit more of a goth kind of feel to it. And I wanted to have ministry uh, representative of some goth elements, I suppose. I mean, all of their songs probably have some goth crossover elements to them, but I think this song really has more of that than some other ministry songs. So that's partly why it's here. I also like the way that it feels. You know, his vocal, Al Jorgensen's vocal delivery is top notch in this track. It has, it has a cool feel. I know some people, they're not going to like the track because it's longer. <coughs> Pardon me, I had to, I had to cough. But they're going to find it to be longer. They might think this tra track kind of drags on. But for me, it actually works. I don't get tired of it. I don't get sick of it or anything like that. It's just a good song. In the next track slot, I'm going to go with Game Show from Filth Pig. And that album came out in 1996. It's hard to explain why I like this track so much, other than just it's a good track. For some reason, Al Jorgensen's vocals here, they remind me of Pink Floyd. I, I don't know how fair that is or how you know, uh, much anybody would agree with me on that one. But I think this track is underrated. A lot of people say this album is underrated. And um, this song especially, it seems like nobody talks about it ever. But frankly, if it, if it had come out, you know, um, earlier in the history of rock music, I think, I think they would have been legends based on this song alone. So Game Show is a top-notch song. There's a psychedelic aspect to it, I think, because, um, well, it's just hard to explain. It's, it's just a different kind of song. So for my next choice, I'm going to go with another Revolting Cox track. This is from their greatly titled album, Live, You Goddamn Son of a Bitch. And that came out in 1988. It's hard to really explain this song or describe it. It's called Attack Ships on Fire. It's from a quote from the movie Blade Runner. And this song has just some weird samples. It's got a weird feel. It's a longer song, yet for some reason I, I really don't get tired of it. And it, it's very groove-oriented. It's It's got that weird kind of funky element, too, that plenty of Revco songs have. And... Uh, the vocalist on here, I believe, is Chris Connolly. He he does some crazy stuff with his voice. It's hard to really explain, but it works in the context of that group. So 
definitely check that song out. I really don't know how to explain it or to promote it properly. It just works. So for my next track, I'm going to go with Fear is Big Business. It's really a speed metal track. I, I guess it might be um, sort of a controversial choice itself because obviously it could have went with other ministry speed metal tracks. But I just went with this one because it's probably one of the fastest ministry tracks. It has some great messaging involved. It's a political song and uh, really captures how the American dream has become sort of an American nightmare. And that track came out from, or in, no, not 1996, 2006. And it's a song that is from the Bush trilogy um, that Al Jorgensen was going through uh, during that whole time period. So my final track for the 15-track mix is actually from Al Jorgensen from a self-titled album. It's just called Voices in My Head. And it's just a fun kind of track. Also dark, but sort of lighthearted at the same time. You can tell he's he's almost like parodying himself perhaps a little bit. Um, that's what I get from it anyway. Maybe I'm wrong. But it seems like a little bit of a self-parody about his, uh, you know, all those so songs that he created earlier that were dark and about him being like a psychopath or whatever. It seems like he's kind of making fun of his own lyrical stylings um, for those kind of tracks. But at the same time, it's also just a rockin' tune, so definitely check it out. So I'm going to do one honorable mention here. And that is the track Dead End Streets from the 2006 Revolting Cox album. That features Jello, Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick, and Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. So, yeah, it's actually a super group track. And that album, it's, it's going to be hit or miss for a lot of people. But for me, this is a really good track from it. And um, again, I'm going to have all of these tracks available in a playlist that I'm going to link in the description of this video. So go ahead and check that out and um, listen to these tracks by all means. So, all right. Have a wonderful day.